Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you for tuning into yet another installment of this little mediocre podcast of ours. Again, thank you very much for everybody that listens. This is extremely appreciated. And I'm really excited about tonight's episode because on one hand, I get to bring a, um, hmm, what's the phrase I want to say? A friend. Yeah, a friend. I want to bring a friend back to the show. So we've got that. And on the other hand, we get to bring somebody even new to this podcast onto it. So that's right. We've got a little bit of a twofer. So we've got Brandon Krisky returning to talk about the, the second chapter of the Avengers saga. And he's brought a, uh, a friend of ours, Mr. Nick Herring. So Without further ado, I'm going to bring them onto the show first. I'm going to say hello to Mr. Brandon Krisky. How's it going, Brandon? Good evening, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well. Happy, happy. I don't know what is today. Is it Monday? Monday. We'll we'll, we'll just yeah. call it Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Happy Monday, the day before May the Fourth. That's right. Yes, we've got May the Fourth be with you coming up. And um, in fact, that will, by the time this releases, that will have already happened. So we're, we're yeah. kind of like, this is like a little bit of a time machine. You know, we're kind of like in this vortex right now. But Brandon, hello. Welcome back. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me back. And thank you for, you know, allowing me to bring Mr. Nick on as well. I'm super excited to uh, be back to talk about a little bit of more Marvel and uh you know, I had a blast last time, so I'm really looking forward to where this conversation is going to go. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I guess, you know, I guess we're going to call him a special guest because at this point, this Brandon, this is your second time on. So, yeah, Nick, we've got a we've got a special appearance from Mr. Nick Herring. How's it going, Nick? Uh, hey, Andrew. Um, it's been a long time since anyone's called me special besides my mama. So I really like that, too. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain too much, and no one will really want to listen. Uh, I spent most of the day watching uh, the, some of the Marvel movies just to get, you know, reacquainted with with, with how everything kind of unfolds. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Good. I see that you're dressed for the occasion. You're you're doubling down on the A's. You got an A uh, Avengers T-shirt and then an A for Atlanta United going on as far as a uh, ball cap right there. So you're doubling down, man. I think you're ready. Oh, absolutely, man. Every chance I get, every chance I get, I need to represent. <laughs> awesome. So for the listeners, obviously those that heard our episode a few months back, we had Brandon and we we talked about the very first Avengers film. Brandon, do you have an opportunity to go back and listen to that previous podcast where any, there were any things of note that kind of stood back like, oh yeah, we talked about that. Maybe there was an omission or maybe there was a point that maybe we needed to kind of hammer a little bit more or do you think, no, we just fucking knocked uh, it out of the park. You know what? Honestly, when I went back and listened, I, I, I really loved the conversation and I felt like it, you know, most of the things went full circle, um, nothing off the top of my head. I think that if anything were to come up, you know, it'll probably come up in today's conversation. We'll probably link it back to the last one. Um, but no, I was, I was really happy with how the conversation went and what we went away with it. You know, I, I love that we went back over to DC even and kind of broached some other subjects. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me when I was listening back to it was, um, 
you know, we were talking about some of the first Batman movies in relation to when people started taking comic book movies seriously. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, in that part of the conversation and Nick, I don't know if you got a chance to listen or not to the podcast, but we were talking about, you know, people weren't really looking at, in my opinion, comic book movies as serious movies up until like the dark Knight trilogy. And, you know, and I don't agree with that. And Andrew, you know, I don't think does either because he had brought up, you know, some of the Tim Burton films for Batman and that kind of thing. Um, you know, so to see how far, you know, comic book movie and culture has gone is just super exciting. I'm super oh, excited for the conversation. Absolutely. With, but to your point now, when they hit the Dark Knight trilogy, that was one of the first times where it wasn't cartoony. Every single character that existed in every single one of those movies is something that it could exist in today's world on this earth, not in the DC universe, not in the Marvel universe here. Everything before that um, had a lot more of the because car- comics are for kids. But do you think do you think it was an art form, though? Absolutely. Still. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Cinema. So that's it's what we cinema and comics, about. both of yeah, which yeah. are absolute yeah. art forms. Yeah. Um, now there's some artists, it, art is in the eye of the beholder. So I loved, I loved um, the Tim Burton, the two Tim Burton Batman movies. Uh, when they, when, uh, who was it? Was it Schumacher got a hold of him? Joel Schumacher? Right. Um, the best way I've ever heard that put was that the Tim Burton Batman movies existed that was the real timeline the schumacher movies were movies that existed about and in that tim burton universe so like michael keaton's batman would have actually gone to the movie theater and watched watch val kilmer and tom and uh, and george clooney play him in those movies and i and when you look at it that way it actually makes a lot of sense yeah and um Shout out to that Joel Schumacher Batman because we finally had a superhero with a with nipple plates, right? I mean, we, yeah. we finally yeah. we, we had that going for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't know what we were missing. We had no <laughs> idea what we were missing. Yeah. So yeah. So to my point, like uh, it was just cool, like <laughs> listening back on the conversation, how. I went in thinking, okay, well, this is a conversation about one movie, and it really turned into a whole lot more than that, more about cinema and how it plays into a whole lot of other stuff, too. So I'm excited to continue the conversation. Yeah, and one thing I do want to mention real briefly, because of the fact that we did mention the Tim Burton Batman in relation to, obviously, the Christopher Nolan and yeah. we, we threw out, uh, Joel Schumacher, but... You have to throw credit where credits to you. I mean, you can you can you can have your conversation about what the what the sequels were all about, but if not for the nineteen seventy eight Joel um, uh, Richard Donner Superman, we might not have comic book movies at all. You know, and mm-hmm. that movie launched this this genre. You know, like as far yeah. as showing that yeah, you can do a comic book movie, but also do something interesting with it. And Richard Donner was, you know, a a fantastic filmmaker and Christopher Reeve knocked it out of the park as as Superman. And of course, when you've got the, the writer of the Godfather writing your screenplay and you're going to have Marlon Brando in it, you're bringing those heavy hitters into, into a comic book universe. 
I mean, there's something to be said. So I, 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 I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge the the 1978 uh, original Superman, which kind of got all of this started, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Brando brought Brando did a lot to bring credibility to the, you know, the silly comic book movie, because up until that point, comic books were, oh, that's something that just kids read. That's just that's the kiddie thing. And I don't know if they're going to be able to turn this into something that actually, you know, not only succeeds, but also makes money, which those two things are not mutually exclusive. So the one thing that I did like and one thing that I actually thought was really funny was Marlon Brando spent about two and a half minutes of screen time and got top billing because he's Marlon Brando. And that was a really, actually, it was a really smart uh, sales strategy because that helped sell the movie to normal people that don't like the people that didn't like comic books and the kids. And that it was, it was, it was a very, very smart marketing strategy. Yeah. I, I, that's uh, something that I think is really, really fascinating. Now I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm kind of curious to figure out where, where Jack Nicholson's billing was for the 1989 Batman, if he actually had top billing over Michael Keaton or not. I will look it up right now. All right. Because obviously, I mean, granted, Jack Nicholson had this far, far greater role cinematically or like screen time wise versus Marlon Brando and Superman. But the movie is called Batman. So I'm kind of I'm just kind of curious to see if an Oscar winner like Jack Nicholson, if he had Nicholson got top billing. There you go. Nicholson did have top billing right there in Batman. So again, you know, you you got to you got to ride with that with that Oscar winner. Oh, and speaking of Oscar winner and Michael Keaton, not to not to beat up the man, but I don't know if you guys actually saw the the Oscars a few years ago when he was nominated for for Birdman for Best Actor, but there was all this buzz about that movie. And I don't know if you guys, either one of you saw the movie Birdman, but that movie Birdman is so great. It's so great. But there was all this hype going into the Oscars that this is the year Michael Keaton's going to win like a best picture, you know, like best actor. Cause he had kind of like clean sweeped or clean swept, like all the other awards leaning into the Oscars. And the time came best, best actor, and it was Michael Keaton, a couple other actors, and it's the dude that played uh, um, whatever that little like other Harry Potter movie series, whatever the heck that is called, um, Fantastic Beasts, uh, whatever that guy's name. Uh, oh, so, um, what's his name? Uh, Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so you had uh, Eddie. Is that it, Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, and he won for playing Stephen Hawking, didn't he? That's right, and that's just it. Oh is yeah, that, that Eddie Redmayne won it for like the best actor, and they they had like this like this clip, like this little shot, like one of the camera guys got it, and Michael Keaton like had his 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 list of I'd like to thank people, and then he just like slid it right back into his like breast pocket. And it's just like heartbreaking because of the fact that he didn't he, he didn't get to go on stage and, and and thank the people that he had because like the, the camera guy got got his thank you card. Um, and you just saw like this very, very subtle image of Michael Keaton, like Michael Keaton sliding that back into his pocket. And it's heartbreaking. So sad. It's so sad. It's and, so sad. And hopefully, you know, Michael Keaton will get that that opportunity because, you know, the the man has done nothing. He's but absolutely awesome. Crush it. For the past I just, I 40 years. That. 
Yeah. I love the fact that he's had a, a he's had a sort of resurgence with his career with that and 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 even though it was a small silly role but he had like to the to this day like some of my favorite parts of the movie um the other guys was was him quoting oh, yeah. TLC yeah. lyrics without without yeah you know, I want you to creep 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 mm-hmm. yeah. but 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 I mean with with the Oscars and he was in Marvel he's in Marvel too Oh, that's right. He was Vulture. And he was yeah. very, very... I love that. I Vulture. loved his take yeah, of Vulture. he's not dead. But when it comes to the Oscars... Wait, who? I'm sorry. Oscars, he, he was who? He's, he's Vulture. Vulture in, uh, he, it's from Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming. But in Marvel, in the MCU. So he's actually in the MCU. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't seen those, so I, I didn't know. But when you just said um, Spider-Man Homecoming, I know yeah. what that movie is. I haven't seen it, but... But Oscars, the one thing with the Oscars, though, especially because, I mean, we feel bad. I feel terrible that he lost because that movie was amazing and he was great. And I love how it was like loosely based on something that could happen to him because he was so well known as his character. And then he was he didn't really have anything after that. And he was building his resurgence on the stage. And it was sort of driving him crazy because, you know, what what could be what could have been. I love that aspect of it. I love the 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 peak into the mind of him in that. But when it comes to the Oscars, Andrew, the Oscars love biopics. Sure. The Oscars love biopics. I mean, let me see here. There's um, Patton, Coal Miner's Daughter about Loretta Lynn, Gandhi, Last Emperor, Malcolm X, uh, Frida, Ray. uh, What was the other one? Uh, Last King of Scotland. Um, Forrest Whitaker won for that. So, I mean, if it's if it's if it's someone playing someone else there, you've got a leg up when it comes to the big statue um, as opposed to, you know, more art films like that. No, you're 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 absolutely right. But also the the Oscars are also littered with brilliant actors and filmmakers that don't end up like that that don't you know that don't get the date that don't don't get to take the the date home you know from the dance you know so like alfred hitchcock never won like a best director nod um one of the greatest actors of all time in oh my god i just said that i just freaking f- forgot his name lawrence uh lawrence of arabia peter o'toole never, peter won, never, best, won. Yeah, never won best uh best actor not to say that michael keaton is the equivalent of peter o'toole but you have the, those famous stories of these amazing actors that that don't get it, you know. And then you've got these, you know, other 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 people that, you know, what was it? What? Uh, and, and Brandon can help out because he's Mister Hip Hop. But and I, I feel bad because I'm going to butcher the their name. But is it is it Three Ten Mafia? Three, three six, six Mafia. Three Six Mafia. Thank you. So Three Six Mafia. They're Oscar winners. So. They have more Oscars than Peter O'Toole or Michael Keaton or Alfred Hitchcock. So Ben Affleck has two Oscars. Ben Affleck has two Oscars. Hey, I like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Do. Ben Affleck does not deserve two Oscars. He's a phenomenal writer. Okay. Okay. He deserved it. He deserved it. I will say he 100 percent deserved for Good Will Hunting because that is a fantastic movie. Plus, he rocks in like every Kevin Smith movie. Argo was a slap in the face for <laughs> a lot of things that actually happened in that spot. He does. He's got a plenty of other really good movies. You were the shit in Phantoms, yo. Hey, there you go. See there I'm you just... go. There you go. Um so Ian Goodwill Hunting. I, again, I, I love good I love Goodwill Hunting. I love it. 
But again, I go back to Peter O'Toole, man. Peter fucking O'Toole. Right, like, right, right, right. You know, like how many? Yeah. Anyway. I still can't uh, be number one. He did not win for Lawrence of Arabia. That movie is a masterpiece. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, top five greatest film like ever made. But anyway, that's that's a conversation for another time. And I yes. look forward to the, the person that says, hey, you know what? I would love to talk about Lawrence of Arabia because then that'll be a uh, an eight hour podcast because the movie is four hours long. So the way that these tend to go is two hours for every hour of screen time. But and you really snag that you're really you really capture that 60 to 90 age demographic for your listeners. I know they're they're really, really big into the <laughs> podcast scene. Too. Yes, they're staring. Yeah. They're at the computer with the text really, really big saying, why haven't you done Lawrence of Arabia? I want Ishtar. <laughs> I want Ishtar. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> Ishtar. I have. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's as bad as people give it like shit for. I really don't. It's, you know, the, the the problem is that like it's not it's not bad. It's just like nothing. It's nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. And I and, we, and you have such star power with that. You you. It was a wasted opportunity. There have been many wasted opportunities. Like when you really look at it, there have been so many other like failure films and bigger box office duds, but. Ishtar is the one that those that, you know what, we're, we're saying Ishtar. Brandon probably has no idea what the hell we're even talking about by even saying Ishtar. Nobody nope. in 2021 have any concept of Ishtar unless... Nope, they have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's they put Dustin, it's Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They put them in the desert, and that's it. And that's it. That, like, that's they, your movie. They, I don't think they had an idea what they actually wanted to do with it. Um, But it was, if meh was a movie, Mm. it is the 1993 Saturn sedan of movies. Okay, I was going to say the movie came out like in the 80s, but I see what you're saying, 93, Saturn, City. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. It exists, and it's yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, no one really cares about it. No one wants to drive it. But you know what people do care about? The the 2000-whatever-year Avengers Age of Ultron. And I think <sighs> we're going to start talking about I that. I think we need all. to go ahead and We should probably that. get to that at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so how about that natural segue right there? So... Um, I will leave it to either one of you, probably Brandon, because I know Brandon has been really excited to talk about this movie. Can you tell us what the hell this movie is all about? And the movie that we're even talking about. Yeah, so we are talking about Marvel Studios uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And um, I'll kind of give a just an overview premise. So essentially... Um, long story short, Tony Stark has become almost paranoid, but with good reason, um, about the safety of Earth and has been a proponent of what he calls the Ultron program, which, you know, kind of protects the entire Earth using his technology. What's that? A suit of armor around the world. Yep, a suit of armor around the world. Um, And, you know push comes shove long story short this suit of armor uh actually takes form of this superior intelligence uh almost like an ai um named ultron 
who is tasked with keeping the world safe and humanity safe and determines that the best way to do that is to essentially get rid of it. Um, so here we are, and the Avengers are back to stop that. Would you add anything to that, Nick? Tony Stark tries to play God, and then hilarity ensues. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this has been our podcast. And uh, thank you. And we'll see you next time. No. So obviously, yeah. So hilarity ensues, chaos ensues, all of that. So what I mean, you gave kind of like an idea of what the, the plot is, but sure. I mean, that, that's 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 a shell of what this movie is. Right. So at, at its core, what what is really happening? Well, I think. Well, beginning and then by the end of the movie, um, you really start to see some of the splintering uh, in ideology in the Avengers, especially between uh, Tony Stark or Iron Man and uh, Captain America, which is, you know, foreshadowing for um, Civil War, which is to come later down the road in the MCU phases but it's really about you know how much control do you have over protecting things and really it's about setting up i would say the next phase in the mcu with that divide uh in ideologies between captain america and iron man who are kind of the de facto leaders of the avengers at this point and you know it's a pretty pivotal pretty pivotal movie um as far as where it takes the story moving forward. It, it is, <clears throat> it is a vehicle to set up everything that is to come. Um, one of the things that, that, that it, I, one of the main points of it that I actually like is in a, in the process of trying to save the world, to fix everything, he almost creates its demise. And now I know this is a random movie to bring up in this, but Kung Fu Panda, we all seen Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Not just because I'm chubby and I love that movie, but in that movie, Master Ugwe tells them that he, that the vision of that, um, what's his name? Uh, Ian McShane, the, the, the leopard character, I can't remember his name, was going to escape prison and, and lay waste the valley. So the other master sends someone to double the guard, sends someone to tell them that this has been foretold. And blah, 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 blah. What ends up happening is the goose that he sends lose a fe- loses a feather. And, you know, the, the bad guy ends up using that feather to unlock his shame, thereby bringing about, bringing about the prophecy that, that the other guy had done. And that's kind of what ends up happening here is in, in the process of trying to save the world, he almost dooms it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess a better way to say that in layman's terms might be Tony Stark is so worried about protecting the Earth that he almost creates a system that turns on humanity and what he's trying to protect itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Nick, I, I just have to go back to Kung Fu Panda because I, I haven't seen the film. I know the film, but I didn't know until now that Ian McShane was in it. And for the listeners that are big fans of Deadwood, I am curious, does Ian McShane call anybody in this Disney cartoon a cocksucker? 
Not out loud, but it's implied in it's several implied. points. It's implied, okay. It's All implied. Right. It's in the subtext. It's in the right. subtext, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually about to say that. I didn't know. I was actually about to make that joke. That's hilarious. You know, and, and Brandon had mentioned just a moment ago, you, you, you get this sense of of like the splintering within within the Avengers. And I... I, I guess one of the things that I enjoy about this movie are also one of the things that I don't like about this movie. On one hand, you know, like when we're introduced to to the team, everybody, everything is great. Everything is perfectly in sync. And we get this action sequence in the very beginning of the movie and we got like this slow motion choreography and everybody mm. like knows what they're doing. Everything is great. Da, 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 da. It's fucking boring. Get the big slow motion, everyone holding the pose while flying in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's which looked amazing. Of, yeah, it, it the cinematography amazing. was great. It looks amazing, but it's also boring because one of the things that I liked about the first one was how are these going to how are these characters going to interact for the first right. time? Right, right. How is Thor going to respond to Captain America and and Hulk and? I, I forget the other guy, uh, Iron Man. And, you know, like, how how is that all going to, you know, how is that all going to work out when we're introducing all these characters? Right. Well, now we've got the second movie and everything is like a, like a fine tooth comb. That's boring. Until it wasn't. Until it's, it wasn't. But I, I think the other thing that I, that frustrates me about this movie is I never truly felt any of them were in danger yeah i agree you know at the end of the day you know like we're introduced this character of ultron who is this ultimate like ai being but he's just a slightly more dangerous version of iron man you know like he and by the way james spader I think was one of my favorite things about this movie i i I love james spader we were just saying that earlier talking about that earlier is that that they've gotten really right in the MCU is the casting mm-hmm. and James Spader for crying out loud the he entire, rocks anyways oh I've loved I've yeah. never seen him in anything I didn't like and he's got that really haunting slow delivery and voice and everything it's awesome yeah his so, cadence is amazing it's and awesome. it can either be uh, terrifying or very like comforting yeah mostly terrifying on, right especially on in his later years mostly oh, terrifying yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the initial ad for it once we found out that James Spader was um, like the initial teaser. Once we figured out, once we found out that he was going to be Ultron, of course I squeed like a little girl. I squeed because I was so excited for that. But the the initial ad was just him saying uh, the lyrics to "I Got No Strings on Me" from Pinocchio, and he says it multiple times in the movie because it's absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I do agree with you for the, at least the first half of the movie. The only real threat they had was themselves, was themselves and what Wanda Maximoff did to their heads. Yeah. And that's it. At the end, yes, you had the real EL, you had the extinction level event crisis. You had uh, Ultron, but my, but. Uh, the, my two biggest problems with this movie, because I've got two really big ones. One, Ultron is a top five or top 10 Avengers bad guy. He is one of the big ones in all the comics. He keeps coming back. Okay. You can't really kill him. He's, he's 
a big bad. He's not quite to the level like Thanos or King the Conqueror or Doctor Doom, but he is a big bad. He could carry an entire phase or more by himself, and they killed him off in one movie. And two... Allegedly. No, they they allegedly. But the second problem is how they beat him. I mean, for crying out loud, they beat him the same way you would beat... Uh, you would defeat a middle schooler now. They changed the Wi-Fi password and he couldn't get into the internet. And that's how they beat the big bad. I mean, so bes- <sighs> what do you think, Brandon? I mean, yeah. And you had brought that up earlier too, before we did the the podcast, we were kind of talking about it a little bit. Um, you know, I think, I think that, where Ultron is in the comic book world and uh, where he could be in the MCU is, you know, are different places because in the comic books, you know, like Nick was saying uh, earlier, he's a top five bad guy in the Marvel universe in general. Um, I think the challenge may have been, and I didn't look into it is you know, keep in mind, Sony owns part of Marvel properties at the time Fox owned, you know, quite a bit of Marvel properties. So you have these villains that are off limits. So how do you progress a story and keep the the viewers actually interested? I will agree with you there. You know, so I think the the. I think they did, did, did a good job picking the, you know, a good villain, but I think they did a bad job in making it not feel serious at all kind of kind of like justice league and why i think justice league you know in part was not that great and but the problem with justice league is not only did they make this, the villain not serious enough they made the entire movie way too right, serious right, that's another thing right. i think they did wrong with this but i'll get to that later right but you know as far as ultron the the execution of the character was good as far as casting and I think even the design, all that kind of thing. Um, and even how Ultron came to be, but when it came down to how close they got to destruction and really <laughs> what's so funny. Um, uh, like audio wise, it, it sounded like you were scratching your balls, but um, it's just Nick scratching his uh, his, uh, his his balls, balls. his balls, his, his balls. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Itch. What do you want me to oh, do? Okay. No, 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 no. It, it, it was just funny. Hand. I'm not that kind of okay. because you were just thinking, and uh, you uh, you were like thinking and, oh, at the same time, and it's like scratch, scratch, scratch. It's just, what am I, Al Bundy? Yeah, 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 Al, Bundy. Al Bundy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm leaving that in because it, it sounded hysterical. Hey, fine. Whatever. They don't know who I am. <laughs> uh. <laughs> every every time, every time Brandon is in deep thought, you have to do that. Hey, how about with this? How about we uh, go ahead and invest in a soundboard and uh, we'll sample it. So you can Why use invest? it. Why invest? Any well, anytime you have somebody on the on the on the podcast from now on, you we'll know, just hire it's, Nick as my soundboard. Yeah, exactly. Instead of but that's you know, it's just like oh yeah, okay, you have to go to put a, like a little. Uh, yeah, I could have picked up the name of it, the whatever they call that, but um, uh, but that's that. Yeah, dude. yeah, it's called something, but I forget what it's called. Except you can have like. Nick pop rim up in shot, the, rim shot rim shot yeah a rim shot um we can have Nick pop up in the corner with little symbols like one of the little um you know wind up monkeys just be like 
ching. You know, I think that'd be funny. The, another good sound effect would be the, the duck hunt when you miss the, you know, like, yeah. and then like the, the dog just like, wah, wah, wah. but we'd have to recreate it so we don't get hit with licensing. Dude, anybody with licensing, it, I would be honored if they actually listened to this podcast. You hey, we I mean? could put like, that on like Instagram or Twitter and get you some Please views. sue us. <laughs> please, please sue us. <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about the fame. Come exactly. on. Guys. Exactly. Yeah. So basically what you want we to do is crowd. you want to turn this entire podcast into a morning DJ show and a morning radio DJ show. It's your oh, knuckles. Like, it's your your knuckles. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Anyway. Long, yeah, long, long, long story short. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wish it was a little, I felt a little more like the, you know, something was more at risk. There were, the stakes were higher. But also, you know, when you're looking back on how the entire story arc over those, what, four, how many phases was that to the infinity three? <laughs> Three phases to the Infinity Saga. This right. was the and end then, of uh, Phase Two. Right, right. But you know, well, where was the end of Phase Two? Technically, Ant Man was the end of Phase Two. Right. This so, is really like the culmination. So of phase two. where where it is in the arc and that kind of thing, and how Thanos is really supposed to have that. It's supposed to feel really dangerous when Thanos comes along, and potentially a limited character selection. You know, I think they did a decent job, but I think that was probably the biggest thing to you guys' point that the map, the movie was lacking. And that's coming from a fan. Right. So at this point, there are three things that you have brought up that I need to address. One, for the listeners, and keep in mind, you guys watch these movies, and a lot of the people that listen to this watch these movies, but I do have a good chunk of people that don't watch these movies so if you can speak to one you mentioned three things but one phase like the different phases two you mentioned shit god damn it um i would say who is quicksilver and wanda maximoff right yeah, we brought uh, them up i mean, I mean uh, we really do need to talk about how they basically use this to set up Right. Was so, was there oh, some top five villains was another thing. Top five top villains. Five villains. Okay. okay, so let's make a list. Top five villains in Marvel. Uh Wanda explain the phases over. and why everything's coming out and why they do it, everything in phases. Yep. And then Wanda and then and, who are the new characters the twins. and so on and so forth. Yep. And why they did things the way they did. Yep. Easy. So the phases kind of worked. Um in introducing and then progressing the story, they and they had each phase has its own climax, has its own finale movie, which in most of these cases is the Avengers movie. So phase one started with Iron Man. Iron Man was a surprise success because Iron Man was never really one of their big properties. It was never as nearly as big as Spider-Man or Captain America or Avengers themselves or Hulk. He was more or less one of the driving forces of Avengers. So when they created Iron Man 1 and Robert Downey Jr. got his redemption arc, which I'm really happy for because he's made some really great movies and some really bad ones too, but he got his redemption arc kind of like we were talking about with Keaton earlier. Uh, so Iron Man 1 was the proof of concept. It was, it was a, a wonderful way to introduce the world to Marvel characters that aren't named Spider-Man. 
Then that did so well, they made Iron Man 2, which was not the best movie, but it does progress the storyline. That's where you meet uh, War Machine. That's where you meet... Um, yeah, that's right. You meet Black Widow there too. Well, you meet uh, Thunderbolt Ross. That's their first real crossover to meeting Thunderbolt Ross to kind of make this one giant universe. And then they did Thor and Captain America, and it all ended with Avengers. So phase one is basically the getting to know you phase. It's the whenever they do a superhero movie, the superhero movie always has at least most of the movie about why they are the way they are, where they came from, how they came to be that superhero. That's what phase one is. And Avengers ending it is them coming together. Phase two is a lot of extending the story and, and, and fleshing out and growing the universe around them. So you ended up having um, Iron Man three, where you meet and completely waste the the Mandalorian or not the Mandalorian sorry the Mandarin sorry I'm it's May tomorrow's May the fourth so you have Iron Man three where you meet another big bad that they kind of wasted you made you have Thor the Dark World which is a movie you have Captain America Winter Soldier I, like that movie. <laughs> I just like Thor it's 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 Shakespeare in the park it is Kenneth Branagh who is a super serious Shakespearean actor and director taking on a silly comic book movie. I still like it. It is too Did dark. Kenneth Branagh do like the first, was it first two Thor films or just one of them? I can't remember if he did the first one or not. I know he did Dark World. Let me see here. But then you also get uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Detail. Where you meet, you know, you meet Winter Soldier, you get a lot more in-depth look at, and actually the destruction of S.H.I.E.L.D., you get, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. No, he did, he did, he did both the first two movies. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, what is Winter Soldier? I'm sorry, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. It's the it's the it's the sequel to the first Captain America movie. Okay, okay. But it's where you meet. It's where you meet some more of his characters. It's where you meet Falcon. No, you meet Falcon. Where do you meet Falcon? You meet Falcon in Age of Ultron. Well, I mean, you see Falcon at the end of Age of Ultron. Was he introduced before this no. movie? And by the way, when I when I when I say it, like, oh, for my listeners that don't know, I'm included as well because of the fact that I'm not I'm not a comic book guy. I the whole reason why I'm doing this Avengers series, and I mentioned it to Brandon on our last episode, is because of Brandon. His passion for this freaking like comic book franchise inspired me to be like, all right, let me let me let me watch this freaking we comic book franchise. Put some respect in your mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember being back in our in our old job, like on a Wednesday area manager visit. He was so excited about the the final the final Avengers movie. I'm like, all right, I got I guess I gotta go watch this. So I finished my visits early and I went to the the Midtown Art Cinema in like Midtown Atlanta and I watched Where? like a at the time, was one of the only places that served beer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was one of the only. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had finished uh, my store visits. Uh, you know, I, I partied with uh, with Romeo. You guys remember Romeo? And... Oh, he's still in my district. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hey, Romeo, he's not listening. But um, <laughs> so after that, I watched because I had seen the like the like the, the the snapping one, whatever that one was called. 
And I'm like, hey, you know, I enjoyed the snapping. I snapping. Okay, I, I like enjoyed that. that movie because of the fact that finally, finally, we we saw comic book characters die. Because that was just one of the things that I I don't like about comic book movies is the the, the carnage that that we get is so boring. Even the first Avengers movie, which is so fun. There's just like this weird, like robotic aliens that die. And in this one, they're just robots that die. And it's it just it, it, the things that just bother that just bother me about comics is just, all right, the, the people that we're tracking, they're all going to be fine. And the people that they're killing, they're inanimate objects that really have no bearing or any significance. So what do you do? That's not care. the case in this movie, though. You get, the case in this movie, a hero does die, kind of. You yeah, get one at the very end, and it's so stupid and irrelevant that I, I don't care. I don't care. You didn't about, see that coming, did you? No, please. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just it, it it you're going to get rid of somebody. You know what I mean? Like shit. Even Lord of the Rings killed somebody each and every movie. And those were like three and a half hours long. And you're like, Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter kills people off. You know what I mean? Like in the last movie, a Harry Potter character dies, you know, like it's just in the sixth. Wait, what was that? In the sixth one, and there's another one. I mean, someone dies somewhere else. I mean, yeah, the Cedric Diggory dies, yeah, which was um, vaguely satisfying because my girlfriend at the time made me go see all those, uh, all those uh, Twilight movies. So that was vaguely satisfying. But he was Cedric oh. <laughs> Diggory long before he was Edward. Yeah. And by the way, I've never seen any of the Twilight films. I just know he was Edward, or, or was he the other one? No, he was Edward, right? No, he was. Right. Let me save you some time. You ready? It's a lot of people staring at the camera, um, trying to look sexy while trying to emote some kind of emotion, but you never know exactly what emotion that is. And then one of them sparkles and see, that's the whole thing. Is it just basically like smoldering and sparkling? It's smoldering and sparkling. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, like that, the entire movie can be summed up with a flavor of candle you get at Bath and Body Works. <laughs> <laughs> um well said well said but you know so i i don't want to make it seem like i'm just completely beating up the movie but this movie embodies a lot of those type of cliches that frustrate me about about comic book movies uh-huh. which is i never really feel that the people that i'm tracking are in danger you may get a a a casualty to a, a a superficial character at the end, and it's like, oh, that that's sad. We and just meet gonna... Quicksilver, and he pat, and he's and he's yeah. Bad, but yeah. I think I think that out of all of the Avengers movies, um, you know, the actual Avengers movies, I think it's the weakest, of course. And um, I think you know it does what it's designed to do, which is like right uh, Nick said, you know, progress the storyline. I think. It does have some stakes. I think what I think is interesting is, and as you move through that, you know, MCU phases and the movies and that kind of thing, as the stakes build, looking back and seeing what this movie sets up from a 
storyline perspective, I think is way more impactful and more important than the stakes you feel during the movie. So I think where it, you know, the function that serves in the greater universe is, is, is a very important movie, but I think, you know, yeah, it all comes down to Disney know they have your money and they know that you're going to come back for the next two hours. The entire movie is a MacGuffin. It's just moving things forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, to your point, um, with with no one dying and death never being completely permanent up until this point, there had been a few deaths um, of, of main characters, but nothing was actually Final. So in Captain America, no, no, he came back in the show. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, was the show out by then? No. Well, yes, yes, it was. Oh, was it? So in Captain America, the first Avenger, Bucky Barnes dies. And then we realize in Winter Soldier, he is still alive and he is uh, the Winter Soldier. In Avengers, Agent Coulson dies, but then he comes back for the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In Iron Man 3... But isn't Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. like a different like timeline? No, it, it exists within the MCU. In fact... Oh, so he, he, he survives? Yes, he survives and he is the main character of the it's show revealed. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, also... So he doesn't die in the the Avengers. So where the hell is he in Avengers two and three and four? He doesn't come back into the actual movies, and I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, he was too expensive. Who you know who played Coulson? Exactly. No, he wasn't too expensive. No, it just made sense for him to be kind of a part. And then and then once you hit Captain America Winter Soldier, Shield kind of disbands. Like Shield gets obliterated. Now, now for those of you who don't know, Shield is the overarching CIA, FBI, men in black that works with the US government full of spies and superheroes and and basically is like the overarching organization that looks after the Avengers and ends up having pretty much all the spies, which is where you get a couple of the event. You got the Avengers that are spies are originally just part of shield. So Thor dark world, Loki dies, but he's back. He doesn't actually fully die. Uh, Captain American winter soldier. No one actually dies in that, but guardians of the galaxy Groot dies, but then he comes back as baby Groot. So Avengers age of Ultron is the first movie in all of the MCU, where a character dies and, and actually, well, where, where a hero dies and stays dead. Now, there's kind of a callback to that in in the newer show called WandaVision, but the but Quicksilver, as we know, is gone. He's dead, and I don't foresee them coming up with a way to completely bring him back. No. That was a good rant. That was a good rant. I should have said scene. And scene. Um, I do want to take a second to uh, to pour one out for Clark Gregg because I know who Clark Gregg is, and I think he's a wonderful actor. And, I love Clark Gregg. I love Tulsa. Uh, so he was amazing in 500 Days of Summer and a myriad of other films. So I that forgot. Was Adrian, he was that in was Agent. That. Yeah. So that was Agent Coulson. So 
Another remember, I have a movie podcast. Yes, I yeah. know who these people are. Um, yeah, this is not a Marvel podcast. I, okay, okay. If it was mine. It was Clark Gregg, if you're listening, I did not mean any disrespect. I love the hell out of you. I think you're a fantastic actor. I haven't seen you in anything. You haven't, I haven't seen you in anything I didn't like. Uh, but when it comes to like, the big names in this stuff, like you no, I'm, with you. I'm with you. I just had to give you a little shit, you know. Samuel Jackson, but when you say like, who was that? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you not yeah. know that you're talking to a movie nerd that is investing monthly money to talk about movies that I probably maybe have heard of a couple of these people. I'm so and, sorry that I came to your house and disrespected you, Andrew. And, I apologize. And and Agent Colson, if you're listening. We would love. We would love to, to hear. <laughs> we would love to turn on a podcast and hear you speaking with Andrew about maybe mm-hmm. some non-Marvel movies. Yeah, like uh, I would love to talk about In Good Company, or um, you know, I just mentioned Five Hundred Days of Summer, or uh, well, that wasn't Clear and Present Danger. He was in. He was in another one of those movies in the nineties. The nineties. Uh, I'm a. I'm the president, and there's danger afoot. No, just no, the usual suspects. He was in the usual. I said clear and present danger. He was in the usual suspects. Who was he, he in usual suspects? It was a very, 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 very small role, but he was in the film. Um, he, he just has one of those faces that you're like, oh yeah, that's that's fucking Clark, uh, fucking Clark Gregg. But yeah. Um, yeah, he was in that. The, the the guy, if we hop on like uh, IMDb, because I remember I did this before our last episode um, with uh, Brandon and I. The man's got like over a hundred or so credits, so he he's been in a lot of stuff. But anyway, you know, not to completely uh, belabor the point, but no, I'm I'm with you every you know what we were talking about a moment yeah. ago. But but I think I think I'd like to talk about like um, you know. <laughs> from a storyline and kind of where it stands in the greater story. Cause you know, Nick was explaining phases and I was kind of thinking of like, what would be the, like for me, the best way would I chop it up? It's kind of like chapters in a story. Cause the story's not over, you know, they, in fact, they just released uh, their slate, uh, they had a little trailer today. So they're slate through uh, 2023 and they're showing no signs of slowing down. I think they're averaging three movies a year plus releasing multiple shows a year. I think this year they'll have three released. Wait, um, something like a, that. Can you take a, a little sidestep because I don't know what you're talking about right now. What just happened? Yeah. Today? So, um, so for anybody not, um, you know, up to speed, they had slowly, well, and any other listeners, um, they had been uh, slowly releasing, you know, names. Are you pulling it up? Perfect. Um, you know, different names of these new movies, some of which we had known that they were coming out and there was no official name, some that we knew already and some that we didn't even know were being released wouldn't you say and so you know we had heard of some of them already and today they finally disney released a marvel uh, kind of like a teaser trailer of the next slate of movies that take us through 2023 um and mr is part of the phase yeah so this is going to move into the next phase the next chapter so is this phase four Yes, this is, we are currently in phase four. Uh, Phase three 
ended with Endgame, and then you had um, uh, WandaVision Winter Soldier. That's the beginning of Phase Four. It's leading up to all this. Like, like here's just a quick rundown of what they're doing. Oh, so the the Disney yeah. Plus shows are Phase Four. So uh, the WandaVision, and there was a there was a another like a Winter Soldier TV yeah. show or something. Falcon okay. and the Winter Soldier. Which will be followed by Loki. It will be followed by Loki. Uh, alternate timeline sort of Loki, which is a really interesting way they're putting it together. Black Widow, which has been pushed back a bunch of times. You actually, you're getting a, a sort of a backstory on why Black Widow the way she is, which is kind of strange given the fact that, spoiler alert, she's really no longer with us and she is... She's dead, dead. Um, they're doing a show called What If, which is one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite comic series, because uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, this is a comic series based on the conversations that, that um, comic book fans have. Like, like if you go to DC, like what if Batman had accepted the role as as the new Ray Shaw Ghoul? Um, with this one, what if Spider Man wasn't the one that was bit by the bit by the radioactive spider? Like it's it's it it is a conversation that geeks have. Next is Shang Chi, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that brings back the initial beginning bad guy of uh, Iron Man one and Iron Man 3, the Ten Rings organization, which are the ones that captured him and put him in the cave. Mm -hmm. And the Ten Rings is run by the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, who kind of makes a little 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 post-credit appearance at the end of Spider-Man, at the end of uh, Iron Man 3. You have Venom Let There Be Carnage, which is, I'm not sure if they're going to see you adjacent. I don't think it's going to be MCU. which is strange because if anyone knows anything that's going on with the licensing issues that we have, uh, Sony owns the film rights to Spider-Man and his like his pantheon of bad guys. So, so Venom, Carnage, all of those. Uh, Craven the Hunter, which is actually probably going to be the next bad guy uh, that comes out of this. So it's. But wasn't Spider-Man just added into the MCU? So do they not like have access to like uh, Green Goblin and whatnot? So no. So technically no. Well, so they're still they're kind of like working that out. Um, In fact, here over the last uh, what was it year and a half, two years, there was talk that they weren't even going to allow. Disney to use the Spider-Man properties anymore in film. Um, they have since, you know, settled that and come to an agreement. However, yeah, the, the Disney group does not outright own all of the Marvel properties. Still, they did acquire a huge win with, uh, with the Fox. one from Fox because they got X-Men, they got Fantastic oh, Four. So Disney, those are the two big ones. So like Marvel own X-Men now. Yes, the film rights. The film yes. rights to X Men. Yes, Marvel. Okay, Marvel. So Marvel Studios. And, yep. uh, and that's where. And that's what I'm excited about. That would be a great podcast. Is just is the conversation of, of what we would do or what we foresee happening with the Fantastic Four with X Men. That's probably a different podcast. That's a completely different podcast because <laughs> like that would 
take that would take days. Well, no, this this podcast is about movies. Yes, and that that, that is eventually movies. Those are those are like potential movies. We're talking about kinetic movies. That's a potential movie. <laughs> we can start our own podcast. Andrew, you want to be a guest on it? I'll be the guy that knows nothing about about comic books. Okay, so and I'll just come on and ask you guys questions. There you go. So, so where so, does that leave us? Um, uh, back to Spider-Man. So yeah, uh, Sony still owns the film rights to it. Um, I'm pretty sure that they still own it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Disney, I'm pretty sure cut them a very, very, very large check. So, because later on in the movies they start passing the torch like the iron man sort of like like savior of the world torch to spider-man and then right after that happens sony goes well you can't use spider-man anymore so in my head it kind of went like this oh, take this you greedy bastards and handed them a big ass check was that your mickey mouse huh no <laughs> Maybe a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So there's a lot of other movies coming out. There's a lot of other shows coming out. Um, but the the largest chunk of additions to this universe came in the form of uh, Age of Ultron. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You meet Vision for the first time. You meet Wanda Maximoff later becoming the Scarlet Witch. You meet uh, Peter Maximoff or Pietro Maximoff, who kick doesn't quit. Yes, kick ass. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, who else do you meet? You meet you meet Falcon. Yep. Um, and then you, you kind of see where the world is going post-S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, again, S.H.I.E.L.D. is that spy organization that, that breaks down in the movie that's prior to this. And, and... We haven't even talked about it because you brought up vision. Mm-hmm. So vision is um, for those of that you that don't know, um, Ultron being in a robotic, you know, form, uh, being AI. He's seeking a more permanent form, so he essentially hijacks a program to build like the best body possible. Um, it's almost like an essentially living machine and they use vibranium um to make it which vibranium is the same material that they use in captain america's shield um the you know and super super with yeah Panther. anything that's super super strong uh or it's super like pretty much the strongest material in the mcu i think uh, at this point at least if i'm not mistaken i do believe that's that this movie is the first time they actually mention it as vibranium yeah so you, you it, learn about wakanda you learn about right Ulysses claw so so with that um you know here is ultron ready to essentially jump his consciousness into this new body and they break open Loki's scepter, which uh, is a callback to the original Avengers. Um, And he makes a comment about kind of only scratching the surface of things and breaks open this orb essentially that's in the scepter opening up. 
and showing the the mind stone, which they end up placing in this body that's intended for um, Ultron. So, and I believe I might be mistaken, but I believe it's the first time we see an actual infinity stone. It is the first time we not only see the stone as a stone, um, Thor has a sort of vision quest where he goes to this little pond and he, I don't know, they they kind of ham-fisted that in and that bothered me a little bit. But that's where he sees the gauntlet for the first time. It's where he sees all the stones. He comes back and explains the stones. Now, we had seen stones up to this point in the Tesseract, which ends up being the Space Stone. That's in... Oh gosh, what movie? That was first in Captain America, for, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. It is what basically Loki rides to Earth to to uh, kick off the uh, what goes on with the Avengers, with the first Avengers movie. Um, you meet oh, what is that one in the Dark World? The Red Misty one. It's the Ether. The Ether. Um, and then in Guardians of the Galaxy, you meet the Power Stone. So you've met these stones. Uh, but it's the first time they're ever actually referred to as the Infinity Stones or the Infinity Gems. Right. So, so you know, Ultron implants this stone into this body at this point. And, um, you know, if he were to, and I guess this is where the stakes conversation comes into play, especially because had had Ultron gotten his consciousness or his programming or however you want to say it into that body, that would have been been bad news. And in my opinion, I never felt like that was really, really at risk. Um, There's no way to let that happen. Yeah. So long story short, by introducing vision and how they do that is they use essentially a combination of um, some programming and Jarvis, who up to this point is, uh, is Tony's AI assistant, AI assistant, AI Butler, um, AI Butler into the comics. He was an actual old man named Jarvis. Yeah. So into this body or this, you know, uh, Android, which if it had been a real human, that this have been a very different movie. It would have. It would have. Which we just. We just it would it's, have. it's not a. It's not a suit. It's. A, it's a robot. It's fine. Just shove it in there. <laughs> um. So, you know, creating Vision, who turns out to be one of the most pivotal characters in the entire um, storyline. You know, up through the Infinity Saga. You know, he ends up sacrificing himself or attempting to, um, to save the entire world. So it's, it's a really interesting. So I think, you know, I think the biggest thing with the movie, it was extremely entertaining to me as far as visually, it was beautiful. Um, I think it was a lot of fun to watch. I think they had a lot of iconic, you know, scenes. Um, in fact, I think there might be one up here, uh, on my wall of one, um, you know, and it progresses the story, but in in it in itself, a standalone movie, the one of the weaker, you know, especially looking back now that I went back and watched it again, you know, with the thought, hey, I'm going to watch this movie and really see what I take away from it. Um, it's really just how it sets up and how many different directions it sets these stories up. That's why it's so important. That's why I enjoy, I think, going back and watching the movie is because I, I see where it's taking it and not so much. The movie itself was okay. 
No, I'm with yeah. you. This is like the like the fifth or sixth like move in like a, like a like on a chessboard. Yeah. Like you're yeah, it's a, you've moved it's your a bridge. paws and now you've moved you know you've moved the you know the the knight and you've opened up a, um, another like little pawn to move the you know uh, a, a rook forward and things like that. Yeah. So this is just all about like moving some pieces on a board is really what this movie is. Which the moves are good. The moves are good. My one my one of the biggest issues I have with it is is Instead of ending the phase, like the first, uh, the first Avengers movie was a really good end to the origin stories that was phase one. That was all of them coming together. That was an end to that chapter. This was not really an end to a chapter, but m- more along the lines of just the beginning of the next one. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. it led into everything, and it did a really good job of it because of just how much it, it just how much it accomplished, and it really gave some good screen time and some backstory to some to some characters that a lot of people don't really believe they should belong in the echelon with the Avengers. Like you've got Hulk and Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and Hawkeye, who has a bow and arrow. Good, good for you. Yeah, he can he can defeat 13 bad guys because that's how many arrows he brought. I'm with you. I'm on board with everything you're saying. The only character that I even somewhat identify with is the one most human of, of the group, which is which, which is, is Hawkeye. which is Hawkeye. Yep. Which in this movie, they actually really give him a backstory. He's more than just a punchline. And I really like it. And he becomes so much more because of this. You actually feel for this character. That like do you them leading up to or them building up his character and who he is as a person and and showing that he actually has a life and he has a wife and he has kids. And it's 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 he's a fully fleshed out character. He's the one that almost dies. He's the one that that um, Quicksilver, who's this kind of like first time we see him, doesn't really say much. He just it's like they got Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like, can you do an accent? They go, yes. He goes, yes, I can. They go, what accent can you do? And he goes, yes. And they go, exactly. go for it, my friend, go. And so they killed they killed him instead of Hawkeye because it looked like Hawkeye was about to die, and that actually led to a moment, a true moment of tension, which up until this point in the movie hadn't really existed and even then Mm -hmm. and even then they uh i'm glad they didn't kill him because they needed him for ronin and they're doing a hawkeye show mainly about his daughter and like they've got a lot to do with him and again like you said he is the most human of them him yeah and natasha romanoff black widow who's getting her own movie um they did a lot to sort of show why they are who they are Like, and actually, funny enough, even though they're the most human of them, humanize them a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I I think it was important to take this movie as an opportunity because think about it. Up until then, everybody else had had their own movie. Pretty much. Even the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, technically. We don't have to talk about it, but. Technically. (laughs) Right, right. I'm just saying, like, you know, so. Basically, basically, like, when this movie came out, we were all talking about, like, how everyone had their own movie. But this was was sort of Hawkeye's movie. You meet his wife, you meet his kids. You figure out that he's just a dad. And, like, his normal banter is, well, I'm thinking about tearing out the dining room and putting this thing in for my wife and so on and so forth. He has real conversation about what he's going to do with his family. 
Yeah. No, I think I think it I think overall the movie was a great um, you know, springboard to everything that MCU is doing now. I think if those pieces of the story weren't executed right or properly, then they would be not on the right track where now. I mean, I have no idea where they're gonna end up. They could go with thousand different places and it would totally make sense at this point because you know at this point i I feel like they're a well oil machine um you know i i wish they didn't waste james spader Um, i said i mean you know no i don't think i take that back i take that back i don't think they wasted him on ultron i think he was a phenomenal ultron i think that you know the emotions that uh, the movie drew out of viewers or at least hardcore viewers like me Mm -hmm. um I wish there was a little more grit to the movie, you know, but I understand, you know, going into watching infinity war, um, end game and seeing like the true stakes, the true loss and that kind of thing. I can understand where, you know, you can only get so dark if you're going to go there. This movie lined up, opened up about five different storylines, but the one thing I really liked, especially about um, the one thing I really like about the MCU is that they closed all of those storylines everything that opened up didn't wasn't just a loose end in this particular in this particular instance um they didn't treat this like any any episode of loss they actually like had a reason for opening these doors and 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 figured out a way to close them so i mean and 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 back to what you're saying about about um using james spader and everything as ultron yeah he and i actually had a conversation this afternoon um in who would win in a fight Shout out James Spader. Oh, if hi, he's James. listening. Um, yeah, I loved you in I loved you in Crash. Uh, I loved you in uh, Blacklist. In, in Blacklist. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, Robert California, you are the fucking lizard king. Um, uh, <laughs> so show Andrew no, no, Stamper no love for you know uh, mannequin or uh, pretty in pink or less than zero or. All right, I, hold on. Uh, I'm not going to. What, what was the movie he did with the wolf where he was a werewolf? Hold on, Nick. I'm not going to defend was myself. Wasn't he in Wolf with Jack? He was in Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Yes. I'm not going to defend myself because although I do like a lot of, you know, overall, you know, movies that people think are very good movies and like all that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff I watch is can't pop. Believe you brought up mannequin. It's pop stuff, so well, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Either way, James Spader, if you're listening, please show some love to Stamper Cinema. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure James has a lot going on. Um, you never know. I, I've, I've reached out to many an '80s actor. I'm very, very <laughs> pleased for those that have responded. I'm not even gonna. Yeah. Not Shout even out to your success, by the way. Yeah, I know this isn't about the podcast, movie, um, but I'm honored to be on here. Yeah, me oh. too. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, are you guys ready for to test your knowledge in a little little trivia? Ooh, uh, Lord. <laughs> We'll try. All right. Shoot. Let's so, do it. Here's Bring it. Battle against the two of you. So you're going to battle us. Yeah, basically. Okay. Cool. So, you guys, it just comes down to who's faster. And okay. we're going to use like radio rules, which is essentially you just say your name. Like I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a question and then you'll be like Nick or Brandon. All uh-huh. right. So if you, if you know the answer, 
this you, you have to figure out who goes first right oh so we're going to compete oh you're we're competing down, so. i know probably all right yeah so i'm definitely going these, down by the way one of these was already thrown by one of you but here we go all right. Oh my gosh. Oh, you have to wait for the question. If okay, you, okay. You have to wait for me to finish. Hey, get out of here. So right. if I'm still going and you're like, it doesn't hey, count. It doesn't count. Wait, and can he be penalized too? Yeah. I like try yeah, to have exactly. him a false start. So false if start? I am not finished <laughs> with the question <laughs> and you interrupt, then you forfeit your opportunity. Fine, fine, fine. Sorry, fine. I'll probably lose it anyway. Don't, you can't mute people. <laughs> you can't. Come on, man. Right. No, these rules were not put out beforehand. Go right. ahead. So one of these questions was already uttered, but I'm not going to let you know which number it will be. So I'm just going to go. I'm just going to read through the list. But here we go. Question number go. one. Stan Lee recites his famous catchphrase, Excelsior. What is the first film he uttered that phrase? Nick. It, it was. If it wasn't Mall Rats, it was this. I mean, that, that sounds kind of ambiguous. That's two films. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm going to go with Mall Rats. <laughs> Brandon, you got an answer? Uh, I'm going to go with. <laughs> If he doesn't get it, I'd like another job. Hold on. I'm going to go with um, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. You you already said said the correct answer originally. It wasn't Age of Ultron? Yeah, it's Age of Ultron. Damn, yeah, that's you right. Psyched me out. He drinks. You psyched I couldn't remember if you no, said it. I couldn't remember if you said him all rats. You know which, by the way, that which in in Captain Marvel when he appears, he's actually because it takes place in the nineties. He's reading the script to Mall Rats. It's one of my favorite callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he drinks. That. He drinks the uh, special brew from Thor. Yep, yep, yep. And mentions something. I landed on the beaches of Omaha, and, yeah. and then drinks it. He's <laughs> yep. carrying them out. And goes, so yep. You know what? And and what's funny is you psyched me out because I'm thinking, no, it's not mall rats. It's probably where um, you know, chasing Amy, where they're all. It's more comic centric. I got you. Like so, you just ran these. Yeah, and I should have gone with the first one. So but I'll take my point. Dang. All right. Well, yep. Yeah, there you go. Question number two: What is the name of Hawkeye's unborn child? I know this. Um, I watched it Brandon. today. No, I, I, there's a joke oh, that makes a joke like, "How's little Nat? How's little Natty?" Because um, because. Uh, Romanoff, Natasha Romanoff goes there and touches the belly and goes, how's little Natty? And she says there the name of so the what, what, is, what is her name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Nick. There Nathaniel. You go. Yeah. So you don't get a point for that, though, because that was Oh, come on. <laughs> and you never ever said, you never ever said Nick. I said Nick there, yeah, and then well, I said the, anything, Nick Nathaniel. I said I would have gotten it wrong, but I did say Brandon when he beat the first time. So I was closer, oh. but I would have been wrong. All right. So probably would have so still got still right. one nil. It's still one nil. Brandon, you're still in this one. Question number three. Who is the first to attempt to lift Thor's hammer? Nick. Yeah. It's Tony. All right. It's Hulk. Damn. It's probably Captain America. Is it is it Hawkeye? It's Hawkeye. Hawkeye yeah. is the first one. Still, so one get that point? Still, oh, one come now. on! I got it right. I know, I know. <laughs> Actually, you got it wrong. 
All right. Here is that little uh, alley. You just watched this yesterday. This one just comes down to pace. Whoever is the first one to say their name. Oh, man. Okay. Ulfron recites a phrase of, quote, no strings on me. What famous Disney cartoon did he draw that inspiration? Nick did. Nick did get it. Uh, that's Pinocchio, baby! <laughs> Come on! He's he's messing with me. He's putting his face in I his didn't, hand I didn't put it time. Face. I didn't put it there. Yeah, but it's still messing with me, bro. <laughs> okay. All right, so it's technically 2-0 final question. So however it goes, Nick, Nick wins. appears to be the winner. But this is a question with one two three final like uh follow-ups so if brandon if you do get this one first you do have the opportunity to win here we go okay what is the name of hawkeye's wife brandon go i got it wrong but it's Catherine. incorrect yeah i got it wrong nick I go. can't remember the name, but I know who plays her. It's Cardal. It's 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 Miss, Miss Caroline or Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Oh God, I can't remember. Okay. So the name of the actor. Oh no, I'm not gonna Laura, Laura okay. Barton. You looked it up. I did. Okay. I just wanted to know. So the name of the character is Laura. Follow-up question. Who plays her? (laughs) Nick. Nick. It's uh, Cardellini. I can't remember her first name. Linda Linda Cardellini. There you go. There you go. So here's the thing. You guys have – I'll give you both a half point for that one. So Linda Cardellini. Half. Two and a half to half. Okay. I'll take it. So technically – I'm on the board. (laughs) Brandon, you can still tie this. You can still tie this. Oh, shit. I can. No, because this is one point. No, that's that's right. There's three follow-up questions. All right. Yeah. Okay. So there are two follow-up remaining. All right. So we know that Linda Cardellini – is the oh the i know what this is all right so linda cardellini plays uh an actress oh. on a tv show on netflix what is the name of the tv show oh shit i don't it's the, know like, like the top rated show on netflix right now nick no. it's something in bone no shadow and bone shadow yeah, and bone it's not that no. um, okay well you're not going to get it so the name of the yeah. TV show is dead to me yeah never seen it nope it's incredible it's incredible and the follow-up question after that is who is her (laughs) co-star and james spader her and then her her co-star is christina applegate Oh, that's right. It is. Oh, I know that show. Yes. Oh, God, that's just hilarious. Yeah. And then the thought, like the the tiebreaker question was going to be, and what was the name of the TV show that made Christina Applegate famous? Married with Children. Married with Children. Married with Children. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, Nick. You already won. So congratulations. <laughs> Gentlemen, Wait, what's the other sound we were gonna have? I can't remember. Target, but go ahead, my friend. Gentlemen, this has been a really, really fun episode. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed recording this evening. Oh, absolutely. Good, good. If you ever want me back, I'm here. 
I'll call you if we do another Avengers one. <laughs> when we do another Avengers one. When we do one. another Avengers one. That's right. There are two more films that... I'm actually super excited for those. Oh, yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. because where it's going is just so much more exciting than where we've been up to this point. Because up till now, you know, and, and I'm sorry, I know that you were wrapping it up, but it kind of is perfect tie-in, um, you know, where it's going is just so much more exciting. Um, and it's really where the, um, where this movie serves its ultimate purpose, because by the time we see you guys again, the world has changed completely. The universe has expanded so much that I'm so excited to talk to you guys about that. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, and and looking back on it and i think that's why i like the movie watching it again is knowing where it's going and where all these stories are going to go and take place and how things are going to change and and i think that ultimately it's kind of like you're watching a movie and it's oh it's okay and it's exciting and it's great and looking back it it ages with like this value to the story as a whole um that's what makes it so exciting to talk about this movie, but also what makes me so excited about the next one. Yeah. And, and one thing that you're going to get going forward is, is when you get to end game, when you get to infinity war and end game, you're actually getting like fully rounded, well-made blockbuster movies that actually do elicit a true emotional response. Like yep. end game made me cry. Like there's only a few movies that made me cry. It's, it's Marley and me Schindler's list, uh, Alvin and the chipmunks to the squeak wool and, and Avengers end game. Yep. And I would say by that by that time that we see you next time, and I like you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm very stupid. It's I just okay. think that's hilarious. Oh, by the it time we see you, get I was only laughing like off air, so the listeners had no yeah. idea. But yeah. you know, so if if not for Brandon breaking character, we were just sorry. gonna make you know. Uh, it was gonna be. It was gonna be good. Good job, Brandon. Sorry, job. it was just um, an inside joke that only I'm us would have laughed at. You know, but I wouldn't even know, and I was looking down. Uh, so, but by the also kind of back to Nick's point earlier, you know. This this was the first movie that we saw any kind of loss of a hero or really anything outside of, you know, maybe bad guys or the, the random civilians that you really don't even see, um, you know, uh, just kind of the background destruction where you're seeing a, a lead or a supporting character leave us forever. Um, by the time we get back, there's been a lot of loss and the characters, you know, are very different. And actually I was thinking about this earlier. We were talking to Harry Potter, but one thing that they did, I'm just being with the production is the tone of the movies is even in like the Warner bros logos, as you progress through the different movies, they get darker and darker and darker. Um, I, you guys might've seen that out on Facebook or something like that, you know, the pictures, but if you go back and look at them, they change and the tones change through the movies. So by the time we get back and talk about infinity war, things are becoming serious and Very the stakes serious. are real. Um, Whereas this movie was serious. Yeah. The stakes being that real. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. I am too. I'm too. Also, so. Andrew, I believe that you should do a, you should do a full show just as a, just as a, a, a film and history buff that like, like you are. Um, you should do a show on WandaVision, which if you haven't seen WandaVision, WandaVision is basically a love letter to 
to TV through the 20th century from the 50s to 50s on. If you haven't watched it yet, I recommend you watch it because that would be an excellent show for you to do. Just has to have somebody ask for it. We'll hold out so. for James Spader, though. There you go. We will hold out for James Spader. And I think that is probably the best way to end this episode. So, Brandon, Nick, this has been a lot of fun. This has been infinitely more fun than I thought it was going to be because I was a little bit leery. I'm like, shit, man, I, I really don't want to break their hearts because I think they're really excited about this movie. And I thought I was okay. But there were things about this movie that irritated me. But I think we got through it. I think we. Yeah, that's yeah, the son of a true fan. No, the son of a true yeah. fan is being able to tear down what isn't great about your fandom. I still love the movie. I love the movie. It's a wonderful for setup. what it is. It's a wonderful proof of concept and a wonderful setup for the greatness to come. It's an entertaining movie. And if it was like, if it wasn't like the end of, of, of a very long phase two, it would have been much better. Yeah. And if it had been like an actual end of that, that's that's one thing, but it was neither of those things. So it has its problems, but it is an entertaining movie to watch. Yep. I agree. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is your opportunity to say your, your final goodbyes, and then I will wrap this bad boy up. So Brandon, Nick, say your goodbyes. Thank you again. And <laughs> Avengers Assemble. Uh, thank you for having us on, my friend. I really appreciated it. Excelsior. Oh, sap. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to another episode of Stanford Cinema. As always, please listen, like, subscribe, tell your friends, rate, review, all that bullshit. You know what to do. And again, I really do sincerely mean it when I say thank you for listening to these episodes. I do it for you. I don't get paid for this bullshit. Although it would be great if I did. So tell all of your friends so I can get some advertising and then maybe, you know, one day start talking about Patreon, but we're way, way, way getting ahead of ourselves. Just the fact that you listen, I'm really excited. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time on another episode of Stanford Cinema. Cinema.